All right, welcome back to the Between the Ears show presented by WVSportsNow.com. I'm your host, Chris Hall, and in replaced of Skyler this weekend, we got West Virginia Sports Now contributor, Zach Campbell. Zach, how we doing? It's Friday, man. It's Friday. It's game week. Feeling good. Friday Friday night, too. West Virginia homecoming. Got Mountaineer baseball tonight against Marshall. Free admission. That's going to be a lot of fun. Baseball team was exciting last week, making a comeback against Marshall. Uh, down in Charleston, so it'll be fun to kick off with all these freshmen. Uh, obviously, last year was a rebuilding year. We didn't know about Alec Manoa. Last year, heading into the season, we knew he had talent, but he wasn't Alec Manoa going into the season. So it's going to be fun to see what guys step up this season. But let's get started. It's what it's football season. Not 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 time for baseball at the moment. Uh, only two fall games anyway this weekend. So uh, we didn't do touch on Kansas last week. We didn't do a show. We're going to touch on it real quick. Uh, everybody kind of said it was an ugly win. I thought it was a great win, and I'm going to explain why. Kansas was coming off that, you know, a kind of a program for them, changing moment where they came off that win against Boston College. It was their first Power 5 road win in several years. Uh, all that good stuff. Les Miles is there. They get a big crowd. They get a big crowd uh, for them uh, in Lawrence. Uh, just that's that the game could have really got away from West Virginia. And I think, you know, all the mistakes, the mental errors, uh, drop passes, missed tackles, uh, that game definitely could have got away from them. That's, that's a game that we've seen throughout. I mean, think about throughout West Virginia history. That's a game they would generally lose. They would find a way to lose a game like that just because uh, nothing was in their favor. I mean, you watch that Kansas game, those kids were hitting. Kansas was fired up. Um, and what and the coaching staff just kind of took control. They won situations. One of the biggest situations in that game was right before halftime. Right before halftime, they go and get a field goal. Uh, they had the ball with, what, less than a minute left. Uh, they get it right before halftime, go down, kick a field goal, come out second half, go down the field and score, makes it a two-possession game. That, that totally changed the game. And just being able to understand the situation, produce long drives, put points on the board, that said a lot to me. I know it's just Kansas. It's not. It's still kind of the same Kansas, but to me, that said a lot. Just controlling the situation where something could have just kind of got out of hand, and they could have just rode a lot of momentum and beat West Virginia. I just thought that uh, was kind of like a maybe even a turning point of the season to be able to control a game like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think. I probably lean a little bit more towards the camp of it was it was an ugly win. I, I'm not saying it was completely. Um, it was not the pre- top to bottom wasn't the prettiest football game I've watched this season. But again, perspective got, got to keep reminding ourselves. I think systematically that it's it's year one with new staff, a lot of new faces, a lot of inexperienced young faces that are now you know first line starting guys. So got to you know got to keep that in mind. Um, and uh, I think I think the coaching staff. I think you saw a lot of adjustments on the fly last week. I mean, again, I think I think the identity, at least, you know, four games in now, is this team finds a way to win. This coaching staff finds a way to coach these guys into positions to win. Um, wasn't a spectacular day through the air, um, but the ground game is 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 getting back into it. And I don't know if it's the shuffling along the offensive line. But but the ground game is finally start starting to sort of come alive and uh, and I thought defensively, man, 
got some guys coming off the edge and, and pass rushing. We're, we're getting after the quarterback. And uh, I think those were probably the two biggest things is, is being able to control the flow of the game on the ground on offense and then creating pressure on defense. And, you know, it's, it's a road game. It was your conference opener on the road. And uh, Kansas is a little bit resurgent. They, they, they earned that winning against Boston college and they were not supposed to win that game. So I look at it in a vacuum, just not looking at anything before anything, you know, yet to come. That was, it was a good one on, on a road for, and to your point, a game where I think, you know, we've probably seen this a lot in recent years where, where things sort of spiral out, spiral out of control. And I think that is probably more attributable to coaching than anything having to do with the players. It's about making adjustments. It's about seeing things and, and making course corrections right then in that moment. Um, and, and, I, and I think they did that. So, listen, it's a W, three and one, got a road one to start conference play. Nothing bad about it. Absolutely. And it's nice to actually see game adjustments and not just continue to run the same plays throughout the game. So this week, number 11, Texas, rolls into Morgantown. Um, everything on paper says Texas is going to destroy West Virginia. There's nothing. There's there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You look at this team on paper, they're bigger, they're faster. It is what it is. Texas, to me, I didn't think Texas would even be playing this well. I thought they played well against LSU. I didn't see that coming. Um, they're a lot better than I thought they were going to be this year, even at attrition at running back. Um, a lot of injuries are using a freshman quarterback at running back right now. Um, so it, it, to, it, they're playing a lot better. And of course, everything goes around Sam Ellinger, uh, Heisman candidate. I don't think he's put up the numbers. I think he actually took a step back since they lost to LSU. I think Burroughs kind of took charge of that Heisman candidacy. But Ellinger is a beast. Um, everything revolves around him. He's carrying a lot of the weight on uh, with the running game as well. He's a big kid. He's going to be hard to bring down. We saw what happened at Missouri. I mean, Kelly Bryant just kind of swatted those guys away. So it's going to be a big test for those defensive linemen uh, up front. You're, if you get to him, you got to bring him down. I don't think that's a question at all. But just looking at this at this Texas team statistically, yep, it's it's bad for West Virginia. I mean, it does not look good. You compare them side by side with the stats, West Virginia does not compare. I know you put up some stats, Zach. I'm sure you got something on that. What you got? Yeah, I, I mean, I mean. When, just looking at the numbers, I mean the 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 broad broad strokes is that Texas is far and away a, a, a bad mismatch for West Virginia because um, just talent, kids that they tried out on the field have more stars next to their names. Obviously, um, Ellinger, I, I I've seen in the media recently people drawing some comparisons to him and even and Tim Tebow and and I and I and I think it's fair because he's not. He's a good passer. Don't get me wrong. He's not a he's not a great great passer. He's not a um, he's not a prolific passer in the way that you know um, you know Kyler Murray's looking like he was last year. But um, he's a tough kid, super tough. Um, he he welcomes contact, um, and I, and, I, and I think he sort of sets the tone for the rest of the team. You know, they kind of go as he goes. Um, you know, they're averaging, you know, offensively, they're averaging 436 and a half yards a game. Um, so they're, they're producing. Um, but I, but then, or sorry, 497.8 yards a game. I'm saying the, the, the defense is giving up 
436 and a half yards game. So they're not world beaters on defense, but their offense is doing more than enough to kind of make up for that, you know, and that's, and that's pretty typical of big 12, but it's, that's probably the scariest line of all is that, that their, their offense is just, just creating, creating, creating points. West Virginia, I don't think is built to kind of boat race right now. They haven't shown that, you know, the, the, like I said, ground game is waking up, but it's not quite there yet. And Austin Kendall just hasn't shown that he's the type of passer that's going to keep these guys trading blows with a team that's putting up 40 plus points a game. You know, it's just, it's, it's not there yet. And that's, that's what worries me. And they're, you know, Texas has all the belief in the world and, and, and I just uh, I worry about West Virginia's identity if this is the type of offense that can suddenly wake up and say we're going to be a Big Twelve team and, and we're going to go blow for blow. I just I don't I don't know if they're there yet. I think with West Virginia, they've shown really they've shown their offense can run up tempo, but at the same mm-hmm. time, just like Kansas, um, they know when to slow it down. They know what they need to do. They just win situations. Um, Texas, they're definitely going to play up tempo. They're going to go down the field going to be interesting to see how they game plan because this is their first i want not true road game but technically their first real road game it's going to be a hostile environment uh for obvious reasons but just like you saw kansas and then you go back to nc state when they play up tempo they're tough to beat that's austin kendall's wheelhouse um i think a lot of it the reason why they don't do a lot of up tempo is just there's so much youth on that offensive side they're still learning to play together um, you can get yourself in situations where uh, momentum can change quickly like that. It, it can definitely change quickly. If you're trying to go blow for blow quickly, uh, that's a lot what the Big 12 does. A lot a lot of teams do play high tempo throughout the whole game. Uh, and we, you can, you've, we've seen it. It can spiral out of control against you if you do that. And it doesn't really give you a chance, to, your defense a chance to make adjustments. And it just kind of becomes chaos. Um, I think with this staff, they're not trying to win in chaos. They're trying to win situations, and they're just trying to grind out the game and find a way to win at the end. And I think that's the biggest difference in this in this team. It's just a matter of winning those certain situations and getting an advantage to get that possession or two advantage. So I, even if Texas goes down and scores, um, if I'm not mistaken, I think West Virginia's won every single toss, if I'm not mistaken. So if they win it again, defer, and – you know, if Texas goes down and scores in the first two minutes, it's definitely not panic time. That's just how their offense goes. So, to me, right off the bat, what have we seen throughout the years with West Virginia when they score quick? The other, like the Kansas States, the Iowa States, Baylor, TC, what do they do? They just grind it down the field, wear your defense out, wear them out before the second half, and end up winning again because your defense is tired. So, I expect Texas to score a lot in this game. Um, it's just going to be a matter of how West Virginia finds a way to score. They cannot settle uh, for field goals. This is not a field goal game. Maybe it ends up being. I think everyone probably expects it to be a high-scoring game, so with that, it'll probably be in the 20s because that generally seems how that always works. But I, they definitely can't trade blow for blow. I think they could if they did up-tempo, but I think you get in a situation where it gets too frantic for this team. They're just too, yeah, they're and, just too young. Yeah, and and – yeah, I mean, like in the Big Twelve, you talk about tempo and and how things can can. I mean, those 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 scales tip mighty quick. Um, and I mean, one thing is that you know this deep, you know, Western defense had has not been up against an offense like like Texas yet. Um, you know, there was a couple. You know, obviously, there's a few guys. You know, Keith Washington and Hakeem Bailey. 
you know, Shea Campbell, the Stills brothers, you know, they, they're, they were all here last year. They've, they've, they've seen Texas. They, they know what to anticipate and what they're up against. Some of these guys don't. So I think that's going to be a little bit jarring for them. You see, see these Texas size, their speed come out and, and how they're going to run. Now, one thing I'll say, and, and I think, you know, this has been pretty widely talked about on various media streams is that Texas is, is pretty, pretty nicked up on, on defense. Um, you know, they're missing Cade Stearns they're missing Josh Thompson, Jalen Green's out, you know, BJ Foster. I think they said he's probably going to show up, but he's just coming off a hamstring injury. Even Sam Ellinger's got, got a rib injury that, that, that he's trying to rehab. I mean, Texas is, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're not without, they're, they're kind of shorthanded themselves. And I think what that creates, if you're West Virginia, um, especially Neil Brown is you're looking at Texas like, all right, well, they're, they're kind of weak in the secondary right now. Um, so there could be an opportunity there to go downfield early and often, but it's, it's, you know, rests on Austin Kendall and it's kind of like, all right, you know, we, we've seen him, we've seen him make some throws this year. He's, he certainly made some plays with his arm, but not consistently and not, not at, not at a really high clip. And so it's, it could be a, a, a sort of coming out party for Austin Kendall to really prove what kind of quarterback he is back in the pocket, because if he can make some plays, especially early, like you're saying, if West Virginia wins toss, and they, they get the first shot on offense. Um, if you can connect with some guys, you know, Sam James, Sean Ryan, some of those guys, that could be a momentum changer right out of the gate. And it changes the entire trajectory of the game. Because then it's not what you're trying to play, keep away and try and grind it out. It's, hey, you know, we've got some momentum and, and we're going to ride it. Um, so that's what I'm really looking forward to. If they can sort of expose some of the holes that Texas has in their secondary right now and and see if Austin Kendall can sort of take that step forward. He definitely hasn't had some help there. He's had a lot of drop balls. Uh, some inconsistency at, at wide receiver, and it's going to have to be more Sam James. Even though Sam James has played well, haven't really seen him play a full, full four quarters yet. We haven't seen that yet. He's had some drop balls. Um, T.J. Simmons needs to come up big. Uh, Sean Ryan uh, needs to make some more plays. He does a great job on the outside being physical, but some guys have to step up on the receivers. They've got to make plays. This is a game where – you got to play above what everybody expects you to play. I mean, this is, these are big games where you got to have a game. It can't just be Sam James. It can't just be McCoy or Petaway or Letty Brown. I mean, you're going to have to have two running backs step up, two or three receivers step up. It's going to have mm-hmm. to be a game. that Yeah, they're, they're banged up. But those guys that are coming in have seen a lot of reps throughout the season. I mean, they kind of put some beatings on some people, so they've seen reps. Again, they're going to be in a, a totally different environment they're not used to, um, except for Ellinger. I mean, Ellinger, I mean, he's a pro. I mean, he runs the RPO. He's not going to get rattled um, despite whining about the horns down last year. When it comes to the game, he's not going to get rattled, and he's he's going to leave everything on that field to get revenge from last year. But offense has to step up. It's going to be interesting with that offensive line, very young offensive line. They're going up against some big guys. Uh, you got a 250-pound middle linebacker. That's something West Virginia desperately needs with this defense as a big linebacker. But they got a big linebacker that's going to plug up that hole and give Bryson Mays and those guards fits. I mean, he's he's a beast in there. So things just yeah. offensively, you're just going to have to have yeah. some guys step up. I think Austin Kendall, he's done a great job. There's been some drop passes. He's missed some, you know, obviously he's missed some <laughs> pretty good easy passes in the short game. But a lot of it's just – it's been early in the year. So, yeah, I, I think it, this is a time for Austin Kendall to have a game. This is it. 
If you want him to not necessarily peak, but just have a game, uh, this is it. Take kind of advantage of that secondary. Yes, they're talented still, but communication between each other. Now they've had a bye week as well, so they've had plenty of time to work on it. The you know there is a talent difference when you're working with the younger kids, but I don't think necessarily it's going to be a huge drop off. Um, one thing about West Virginia's offense has been they've shown a lot of different things throughout the season, and they're they're going to throw in a new wrinkle. You saw it at Kansas, that little kind of Statue of Liberty back handoff play that they were running that threw Kansas for a loop. Um, you know they're going to throw in another wrinkle like that. Um, that's one that, you know, when Dana did stuff like that, man, he ran that stuff to death until it didn't right. work anymore. So right. we'll see and, what and- Neil does here this week. Yeah, I mean, one thing that we know about Neil Brown, even before he even, you know, coached it down at West Virginia, you could see it from from his days at Troy that he he went multiple, whatever the situation demanded, they, they could line up and I mean they they'd go from spread to wing T, you know, and and then and they'd execute it. So I, I agree with you. I I think he's gonna be I think he's gonna be opening up the playbook in full this week and uh and um you know, Sam James had had that terrific game against NC State. Be nice if we got another one out of those out of him. But TJ Simmons, him specifically, out of all the the weapons out wide, he's he's kind of the de facto leader just based on you know seniority and snaps he's played. Like he's he's got to have a game. I mean, he really does because he's kind of had a slow start this year, and and you got to get two guys from the back backfield, two guys out wide to really to really come alive for West Virginia have a, have a shot at. Uh, at, at playing Texas down to the wire tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, you look at their nose tackle, it's going to be a problem for me. He's, he's, he's a redshirt freshman, 6'2", 340 pounds. So that'll, right. be, that'll be a good day for him. Uh, their defensive end, and Taquan Graham, 300 pounds. Their other defensive end, Malcolm Roach, 290. So that offensive line's got their work cut out for him. But I think they're going to do a lot again, just do a lot of different things, kind of some misdirection, uh, keep them from just bull rushing the backfield. And I mean, they're going to have to. I mean, they are they are literally undersized tremendously compared to Texas. I mean, it's not even close at this point. Um, every lineman's over three hundred. I would say their linemen, they're they're all exactly three hundred pounds. You know, give or take five mm-hmm. pounds from the beginning of the year, but. Mm-hmm. That might be a benefit defensively. Um, they are big. They're they've been pretty cohesive. They lost a lot. They lost majority of their line from last year. They played pretty well so far. They have given up six sacks on the season. I think most of those came against LSU. So, I think they've done a great job defensively getting the defensive linemen. I mean, it's been you know obviously the Stills brothers. They've been pretty much well documented everywhere at this point. Uh, what they've been able to do with all the twists and the stunts, uh, how they've kind of you know ran pick plays—that's something that we haven't seen at West Virginia forever either. Is actual right. actual game planning with defensive linemen to get them into the backfield instead of just plugging up gaps to sure. uh, free a li- uh, free a blitzing linebacker or safety. So it's totally different defensively. I really like and what they've done defensively. I, I do. I do too. Um, cause it, you know, again, in that, in that, that three, three, five, I mean, they were basically just, just there to just eat blocks and nothing else. There's no real nuance. Um, and, uh, and it's showing because, you know, Dante stills, especially looks like he's, he's on his way to being an all conference type of guy. Um, 
you know, one thing that's probably worth mentioning is we'll get our first look at Vandarius Cowan. Uh, his suspension's up, and he's a guy, obviously another Alabama transfer, who <clears throat> it's been talked about that he just has he has a different gear athletically. Um, you know, six four, two hundred thirty-five, can run, can cover. Um, it'll be really interesting to see how they plug him in and, and, and get him working in there because because I think he just from just a pure athletic skill set and just sort of his his skill level, he's he's a different kind of guy, and. You know, Texas doesn't have, you know, they got no film on him. He he could he could be an X factor there defensively. Um and I'm I'm really looking forward to see how he does it. And 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 also, you know, with Giovanni Stewart now looking like taking a red shirt and possibly not even being with the program anymore. Uh Quantel Reigns is another guy. Obviously he was a huge pickup uh the year before last. Um, a four-star kid, former four-star kid who hasn't really had a moment to shine. And I thought this might be it. You know, he's, he's had plenty of time waiting in the wings to kind of get acclimated. He, this could be another, you know, as far as a coming out party, Quantel Reigns needs, needs to possibly step up and have a huge game if he's given a shot. Absolutely. And everyone's kind of been looking forward to Van Darius Cowan. The only problem is he hasn't played in almost two years now. Uh, game speed may not be game speed ready. But I think he is definitely going to be causing chaos on that defense. And it's going to be a big help. I think this is actually going to help Quandarius Qualls a lot. He's been playing over 70 snaps a game. Uh, that's too much. Uh, when, you're trying to keep guys, when you're trying to keep guys fresh throughout the year, that's entirely too much. So I think that's going to help out Quandarius Qualls. I think you'll see a better Quandarius Qualls because of it. And it's going to, it's definitely going to be interesting to see what Cowan does. I think I think he can definitely be an X factor this game. He's going to be tough to block. McKivitz talked about it this week. Uh, he can he, he can bull rush you. He can rush off the edge. So it is just different uh, having a guy like this. I mean, he doesn't go to Alabama. I mean, Alabama knows how to find talented kids. Um, unfortunately, he got in trouble. He had to serve his suspension, even though he sat out a year. I still find that ridiculous. But he served his suspension. Um, heard about it last year, how he was just ripping up practice. Had to take him out most of the time because he was just destroying that offense. So I'm very excited to see how he plays. Just watching him a little bit in fall camp, um, they don't practice like you like a game. They stay on their feet, and this is why they don't have injuries. It's why they didn't have injuries in spring. It's why they didn't have injuries in fall. Uh, they practice different than everybody else, but they work technique and tackling. So I'm very curious um, to see him unleashed. just I just want to see it. And I think as much as we talk about him maybe being an X factor on defense, he might be a huge factor on special teams because he's going to be playing special teams. What he's exactly going to be doing, I don't know, but that might be where he becomes the biggest X factor. And it's a shame about Giovanni Stewart. It really is really good kid, done everything asked for him. He was a safety, Gibby moved him at linebacker last year because – uh, of all the injuries, I mean, he's not a linebacker size at all, and he just does not fit this system. Uh, I think that, you know, the young guys were just kind of right on his heels, just saw the writing on the wall, um, and knew his time was coming up. So it's a, it's a smart decision personally. I know a lot of people hate that. Well, you're, 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 you know, you're not thinking about the team, but at the end of the day, the kid should look out for himself on some level. Um, if he's not going to play anyway, um, then he might as well just take the red shirt. Uh, but we'll see. It's not a guarantee. He didn't practice this week, so he's definitely not playing. 
I love that rule. What you know, it's a Bob Huggins rule as well. Don't practice, you don't play. So I, lo- I absolutely love that rule uh, that Neil Brown's instituted. You have to practice to get ready for the upcoming game. One one last thing with with, with Stewart, I'll just say. I mean, he was he's a Gibby guy through and through, and I think um, kind of hard to find a spot maybe in this defense, just given his size and kind of you know the way he's been groomed. But yeah, I, I mean, cer- certainly wish the best for him, but. It's again, Quantel Rain, some of those other guys. It's it's kind of do or die time now. Um, because not because they can step up because they have the opportunity, because they need him to. Because it's going to take, I mean, it's going to take a huge team effort to to pull off an upset against Texas. Because again, you're just combating size and speed that West Virginia doesn't have in a lot of places. And uh, and I'm 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 excited. I, I think I think I think Neil Brown's got these guys gassed up. I think he's got them focused. And uh, I I won't speak for the student section because that's kind of the ongoing joke. Um, but uh, I think that stadium is going to be is going to be shaking tomorrow. And gotta hope the uh, the stars are aligned. That's all you can do. And Texas may beat West Virginia eight or nine out of ten times, but it only takes that one. All right, it's time for to make our predictions for the, some upcoming games this week and West Virginia. Zach has the list of games. Zach, get us started. Okay, uh, from the top, we have a noon kick on Fox between Iowa and Michigan. Uh, Iowa traveling to Ann Arbor. Obviously, Michigan's been uh, not what a lot of people thought they would have been this year. I'm gonna, I'm going with Iowa upset on the road. I think, I think Michigan is is. Uh, kind of at do or die time and and Iowa's been pretty good pretty tough up up to this point this year and and I I think they can close it out on the road against the Wolverines I'm just going with gut instinct on this I'm gonna say Michigan gets it done they just flopped uh what was that last week maybe Mm -hmm. last week they just flopped I'm saying Michigan bounce backs gets the win at home okay looks like next we got number seven Auburn travels down to the swamp Taking on number ten, Florida, um, three thirty p.m. on CBS. That should be tailgating. Should be great for that one, but the game should be just as good too. Um, Florida's been pretty resurgent here, and Auburn's obviously been been pretty solid up up to. The, I, I, this is a tough one for me. I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take Florida at home with with the near upset because I just I think I think they're Florida's gonna come out big in that game. Um, and I think it'll they'll it'll be a it'll be a uh, you know it'll be a boxing match. But I'm I'm my gut instinct's telling me Florida at home. Uh, I like sort of the upward track they're on, and, and I and I think they get it done against a really good Auburn team. I think Auburn's the best team in the country. They've shown to me that they're probably the best team in the country. I think Auburn rolls by at least two touchdowns. Tigers. Okay, you and I are not seeing eye to eye so far, sir. So let's let's just take it over to Big Twelve. Um, we've got a battle of unranks here. Baylor traveling to the Little Apple to take on Kansas State at three thirty. That's on ESPN two. Um, this is one of those. I mean, K State's obviously turning the page year one after Bill Snyder. Um, Baylor's looking pretty good on, under under Matt Rule. Um, they they took down Iowa State last week and looked pretty good doing it. Um, Kansas State is still. You know, you watch them play. I don't think they've really got it figured out yet in terms of their passing game, obviously. Um, I'm going to take Baylor on a road win over the Wildcats. 
This is a sneaky good game right here. Very sneaky good game. Two teams. I think Kansas State was just ranked last week. Baylor probably should be ranked right now, especially over Texas A&M. But I'm actually going to take Kansas State uh, to win this game, even though Baylor it looks a lot better. Tough. This is tough on the road. Kansas State will be fired up. I'm going to take the Wildcats. Switching gears from, from one big to the other, we're going over to Big Ten country. Uh, we've got Sparty. Number 25 ranked Michigan State traveling to number four Ohio State. Uh, that, that's that's your ABC night game at 730. Um, Ohio State, a lot of people, I know Joe, Joel Klatt, Herb Street, a lot, a lot of the big talking heads have Ohio State actually sitting at, at the number one spot in the country right now. They're good, objectively, whether you like Ohio State or not. They are really, really good right now. And... Um, I, I don't. I don't think Michigan State walks out of there with the win. I think. I think it's. Uh, I think it's. I think it's party time in Columbus tomorrow. I think Ohio State continues the hot streak and uh, Justin Fields continues to rack up the stats. And I and I think it's uh, Buckeyes. Buckeyes. I think it's a little closer than what people think. Within two possessions, just a little closer than what people think. Okay, so we're actually agreeing on one. This is scary. We're actually agreeing on something. There's one. Um, and then uh, going out. West, Cal, going up to Duck Country to take a take on number thirteen Oregon. That's your eight o'clock Fox game. I, I actually saw Oregon was switching back to a pretty conventional looking color scheme for, for their three uniforms. So I don't know if Cal should be scared or encouraged by that because Oregon's not wearing some weird shade of gunmetal. But uh, I'm, I'm I'm going Oregon on this one um, just because I, I I like you know seems like Oregon's actually finally finally kind of found a little bit of swagger. Um, and Justin Herbert's under center and looks like he's doing some good things and they might just be getting better. Um, and, I, and I think they're probably Pac-12's potentially the last real hope at, at making a meaningful run late in the season for, for a big-time bowl game. So I'm going Ducks at home over the Bears. Yeah, I'm going with Ducks uh, at home. And Eugene can't go against Oregon. Although Cal will, will definitely give them a game. I think it comes down to the final play, but Oregon pulls it out. So upset pick here, um, <laughs> certainly not going uh, Kansas against Oklahoma or Kent State at Wisconsin. Um, but but if I had to, if I had to go with any upset this week, uh, especially as far as ranked is concerned, um, I'm probably looking at give me give me the Hokies over Miami. Why not? Oh, that's oh. a horrible horrible pick. Um, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll go one even better, Stanford. 15-point okay. underdogs against Washington. I'm taking Cardinal. Every, anyone that actually Ooh. listens to this show on a regular, I know I always pick Stanford in something. So I'm taking Stanford. They always get at least one upset. Washington has played really well this year, but I'm going to take Stanford for the upset. Oh, man, I almost want to switch my pick now. No, that's 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 pretty good, though. And and Stanford, Stanford's never really that down, are they? No. That would that's 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 not That's not a bad pick at all. Um, actually, can I switch my pick? Is that even allowed? <laughs> can, can, can we do that on this show? Too late, too all right, late. all right, all right. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna switch up here. Um, Bearcats get number eighteen UCF at home. Give me Cincy. Give me Cincy. Give me Cincy in that one because you know UCF. Uh, I, I, I don't, I don't predict it'll, it'll be the. I mean, it's clearly not the storybook sort of season that that a lot of people had hoped for, and they've had some rough goings of late. And, and I don't know if you saw what Cincy did with their field, but that's just mean and and just kind of out there. So I think I give Cincy the advantage just because of their because their field looks like it 
got dropped off by a spaceship. Give me Bearcats over number 18 UCF. Yeah, I like that pick. I was going to make that pick as well, but saw the Stanford, so I went Stanford. So I guess now, now at the finish line, we're going to Morgantown. We've got the Mountaineers currently unranked with a big, big opportunity against number 11, Texas Longhorns. That will be 3.30 on ABC, nationally televised. Got Todd McShay in town. Oh, man. Um, we talked all a lot about sort of just the on-paper disadvantage West Virginia's at, um, and just they really haven't gone up against anything like what they're going to see against Texas. Um, it's a huge opportunity for a young Mountaineer team trying to sort of figure out who they are. I think ultimately, though, um, I think I think it'll be a better game than, than, than most folks are predicting. But I think Texas, I think talent and experience kind of wins out at the end of the day. I'm going to take Texas at West Virginia. Um, Mountaineers put up a good fight, but it's just not enough in the end. I have yet to pick a game wrong, a West Virginia game wrong. I'm 4-0 on the season. This is a big one, huge one. And we did talk about it. Huge disadvantage for West Virginia across the board. Look at every position. Pretty much Texas is better at every position, but pop, you know, maybe not running back because West Virginia has a deep running back room. But there's just something different about this team. And the biggest difference is, has been the coaching staff, how they prepare. They've been preparing since fall. Uh, this is obviously a game that they have circled. If you're going to try to win the Big 12, uh, this is a game you have to win. They kind of had media day kind of locked up a little bit. No real star players outside of McKibbitts and Donahue. Uh, it's kind of, you know, Shea Campbell, George Campbell. I mean, guys, it's not real talkative. Um, no bulletin board material. Throwing the horns down to the side. Not worried about it. Neil Brown said worried about first downs, not horns down. And there's just something different with this team. It's in Morgantown. On the road, Texas, 100%. It's not even close. I, that momentum would get just kind of what happened in Missouri. I think just something bad would happen. They'd ride the momentum. And it would get ugly. But you look back at that NC State game. And the defense had something to prove. And it came out, put NC State three and out. And I know everybody, oh, NC State win doesn't look as good now. But that Florida State loss, they played three different quarterbacks. That, that quarterback got shook after that West Virginia game. He lost, completely, he lost all his confidence. It just, Morgantown is always special. Especially when the lights get kicked on, even at 3.30, it's going to get darker early. Kind of revisiting some of those old games, those Mountaineer games when they have upset. You just kind of get that nostalgic feel with this group. And I think some way, somehow, like I was kind of saying in the preview, everyone's just going to kind of step up in a sense. I think you're going to see what Austin Kendall's really made of. He's been doing, he's been making really great decisions throughout the game. Yes, one or two bad decisions a game that's going to happen. He's had some interceptions, but they've been game planning really well, and I think they see something in this Texas team that they're going to take advantage of. I really believe West Virginia ends up winning this game. They're not going to do it by a low score. It's going to it's, again Texas is going to score, but I think they just find a way at the end, and I don't know how they do it. I don't know if it comes down to the final field goal, but I got West Virginia winning. 41-38 in a shocker. In a shocker. And it's definitely going to shock me. The reason why, uh, you know, one of the things that that frustrated me during the Holgerson era was not protecting home field. When teams came in the 90s, 
under Nealon, and then under Rich Rod, ranked teams very rarely found a way to win in Morgantown. There was just something about the atmosphere. I think it's being recreated, and it starts with Texas. Mountaineers win. I, I will say this. Well, two things. One, I absolutely hope you're right. I'm trying to guard my optimism, but I hope you are absolutely right on everything you just said. And two, if that actually comes to bear, if what you just predicted happens, scoring everything, I think it's time to start talking about Texas as a legitimate rival because because if that happens tomorrow against Texas, there's not going to be one person in that state, in that in the Lone Star State, that has any ounce of love for West Virginia. I can tell you that right now. They don't want to admit it, but they hate the fact West Virginia's gotten better out they hate it. I guarantee you they hate it. Because just like any other big program, when a when a you know a team, a program they think is below them, let's be honest. West Virginia is a mid-tier program. Texas has played like a mid-tier program. They have all the resources. They get all the recruits. They're supposed to be the big bad blue bloods, and West Virginia has gotten the better of them. Last year was a definitely ripped their hearts out. If they end, because this would definitely end their national championship hopes. You better believe that they will absolutely hate West Virginia if they pull this out. No doubt. No doubt at all. And and I and I'm and I'm here for it. And I and I think I think I think pretty much anyone out there who's not wearing burnt orange tomorrow is, is here for it too. So yeah. just wait and see. We'll find out. Hopefully they pull it out. Uh Zach man, appreciate you coming on last minute, filling in for Skyler, uh doing the pickums, everything. Appreciate you man. Appreciate you, man. Let's go Mountaineers. All right, that's going to do it for us this week. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Between the Ears. You can follow WV Sports now at WV Sports now. Go to our Facebook page, WV Nation, because for whatever reason, we're still struggling with Facebook uh, to change it over to WV Sports now. But we have one as WV Sports now. You can give that one a like and be sure to follow WVNation.com as well on Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter at WV Hallbilly, and you can follow Zach Campbell at ZA underscore Campbell. Game day show every week. This week show starts at nine o'clock in the morning, even though it's a three thirty kickoff. Nine o'clock in the morning, Scholar will be with the great Eugene Napoleon. Be on the lookout for recruiting roundup. And until next week, when Iowa State rolls into Morgantown, hopefully West Virginia. Proves me right one more time. Move to 5 0 on the season. Move 4 1 for the Mountaineers. Until next week, let's go, Mountaineers. Dark and dusty, painted on the sky. Misty taste of moonshine. Teardrop in my eye. Country roads take me home to the place.
play 